Welcome back, everybody. I'm J.R. Flatter, and this is The Secrets of Leadership Coaching. Our special guest, our distinguished guest today is John Murphy. Uh, I'll let John introduce himself because he'll do a much better job than I ever could. So over to you, sir. Hi, J.R. Good to talk to you as always. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is John Murphy. I'm, I'm based in the west coast of Ireland. Um, the Emerald Isle, and you should visit it sometime because it's definitely worth it. But just to give you a kind of a quick background, um, my I started off actually as an engineer, um, and that was 30 years ago actually when 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 equipment was real. I through 20 years of actually working with an aircraft leasing company, I built up the role to chief technology officer. Um, that was part of General Electric. Uh, so I actually came along, and, and for the last six years of my career, I moved from there into the corporate world. Uh, initially driving end user experience and, and digital workplace uh, through that transformation and then ended up actually doing a significant, uh, had a significant involvement in a major divestiture of, of over $200 billion worth of, of companies across uh, nearly 100 deals. Um, as part of that learning, uh, I suppose what it did come along actually drive to me is the importance of people, the importance of actually how people interact and, and how they um how they engage with each other, and that's what, what kind of brought me over into the role of coaching, and um, the also the importance of actually the emotional intelligence, that idea of right. You can learn, you know, hard skills like um, competencies and stuff like that, but sometimes you have to work on some of the softer skills and actually how to be effective within that space. Great. So tell us a little bit about your coaching and what it is that you enjoy about coaching and. Anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I, you know, dealing with things like transformation and that, I mean, one of the things that came back to me was that understanding that the technology part of that was only 20% of the effort. 80% of it actually meant getting people to, to uh, getting people on board, getting, changing cultures in some cases and, and, and around business processes. And it was also in recognizing that um, I didn't have the answers, but I haven't gone through a lot of, projects like that, I actually had got used to uh, or got comfortable with sometimes asking the stupid questions or asking the silly questions or being willing to ask the questions that other people were thinking were willing to say out loud. And I think that's what, what appealed, the appeal of, of coaching came into play was that I recognized I could actually help people basically become more effective themselves. So it's to, in essence, at times, help them get out of their own way because a lot of the challenges that are out there uh, that people are actually facing, the only ones that actually have the answer are themselves. But it means that they have to sometimes come along and get uncomfortable and start focusing on things more than, you know, the stuff that they're willing to talk about every day, but it's how do they feel? How is it impacting them? What needs to happen internally for them to be successful? Uh, and how they need to go along and actually change their style or their interaction to go along and get the most out of the people that they work with. Um, and that was one of the things that I definitely got actually as, as my roles grew within, within the, the, my career. It was that idea of actually recognizing that instead of people working for me, I was actually working for them to help them to be as successful as possible and kind of recognizing that their success didn't reflect badly on me. So, I mean, the more successful they were, the more visibly successful I was by actually helping them achieve what they could achieve. And I think that's the part actually where 
again, I had, I had 25, 30 years of practice actually in, in working with people. But what I was actually lacking maybe was a structure around it. And that's where coaching and my interaction actually with you as well, I mean, where we connected, uh, that's actually where the, the real value came along and actually showed it there. So it was, it was that idea of remembering to listen, listen to what was actually being said and actually helping the person then get to the next step by, by hearing what, they, they've, um, what they had actually uh, communicated. Because again, coming from the technical background, what was very comfortable for me actually was solving problems. It's what I enjoy doing. I might then reinvent the next wheel, but I guarantee you actually working with people, I can go along and improve what's already in place. So it's continuous improvement or lean, or there's lots of different acronyms out there for to go along and actually do it. But to go along actually and help a person to achieve their potential, it's important that you let them guide the path. And as at times you as a person, not necessarily as a coach, but you as a person actually will go along and have things going on in your head where you're making assumptions or you're jumping to conclusions. And that actually is a risk that every coach actually has to face. And it's, it's kind of asking yourself that question, am I listening to what is being said or am I actually waiting for the opportunity for me to say what I want to say? And that like is a kind of one of those trigger points to say, listen, if this is actually to go along and benefit me, I'm, I'm asking the wrong question or I'm taking the wrong approach or I'm not listening hard enough. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of recognizing that part of, you know, um, leave your biases, leave your opinions, leave your assumptions at the door. And once you actually get in front of that client, you're there to listen. You're there to help. You're there to ask the difficult questions. You're there to go along and actually help them I suppose get comfortable with being vulnerable. Um, we kind of recognize the fact that they may not have all the answers now, but through working with you as a coach and actually by, I suppose, asking help from others as well, that they can actually achieve their true potential. And that's what everyone wants to, that's their success, but it's also a success from a coach's perspective as well. So it's not, you know, as much as every, as every coach would actually like to have that kind of light bulb moment for their client, it may not happen like that. Or more interestingly, it might not be a light bulb moment for you, but in something you've actually said, that actually generates a light bulb moment for your client. And that's the part actually where, that's when the smile comes. I mean, you know, I can see the recognition on your face where, you know, you, you know actually that, that that's been a good session because I've helped the client achieve, even though I might not have seen the, the insights that they've actually got gleaned from it, but you know that you've actually helped them to achieve it. Yeah, I'm laughing because we call it the coaching magic. That yeah. the leader that you're working with gives you credit for something they came up with. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. All Perfect. Yeah. The time coaching. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great question. Great idea. Great. Well, actually, that was you. Right? Yeah. And I have a personal experience of that, actually, JR, where I was actually doing, I did some coaching with my brother. I've known him over 50 years. And I, Again, actually, during that uh, occasion, even though he's older than me and, and has had more experience than me, he still had those kind of moments where he came up with the idea, but actually accredited the success to, to me, actually, which was which was uh, brought a smile to my face as well. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So, our listeners are our peers. They're coaches, or perhaps thinking about becoming a coach. 
what advice would you offer to them and perhaps what information might you point them towards? Yeah, this, <laughs> this is always a very interesting question. Um, it, is, it is that part actually, for, for, for me, I mean, one of the things actually that's important to me is people. It's building up relationships. It's actually getting to know people. And again, that idea of actually gauging their success being of benefit to you. And the, one, of the, one of the parts that I actually expanded my, my, my coaching and training into include actually was this idea of emotional intelligence. And it's recognizing or helping leaders recognize how important it is how they show up. Mm -hmm. Because how they show up impacts how people feel. How people feel impacts how they engage. How they engage impacts the relationship. And guess what? That impacts everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that's the part actually where it's um, a lot of these things are behaviors, conscious and unconscious behaviors that leaders do or, or, or demonstrate without them actually knowing it. But the other thing actually is that these are, are typically observable. And these are the sort of ones actually where you can help a client, um, you know, understand actually the way that they enter a room. I mean, I've had a crap weekend. At, uh, I, I've had a, a bad weekend actually where I've been busy and things that actually haven't worked out. That comes with you sometimes on Monday morning when you appear into the office. And I mean, that's where sometimes you can, you can uh, again, um, start off on the, on the wrong foot uh, by the way you actually turn up uh, and it can put other people on on, on, uh, on alert or, or they're, they're, they're not being necessarily themselves or authentic because they're, they, they know how you're actually going to react to that. So like that, that's the one actually where I think there's a lot of opportunity there and that requires um, taking the steps or taking a step to go along actually and help a, a client through that because everyone actually wants to get to the end goal. But I mean, whether you're starting a hundred meter dash, whether you're starting a, a 10 kilometer walk, whether you're starting a marathon, each of these things actually requires you to take the first step. And from the first step, you next take the next step and the next step and you learn as you go along through all of those. So I think that's the importance actually of getting people to stop procrastinating and actually you know, I need to do more training. I need to go along and actually have more interviews. I need to get more data. I need to do all of these things here. Stop, decide on an action and take the first step and then see where it goes from there. And actually learn as you grow as part of that. The other one actually where, and I suppose this is something that um, I learned as a, as a consultant and as a, in, within the coaching practice actually of, I love solving problems, right? So, I mean, I have no problem actually asking a client, what problems are you facing? And in a lot of cases, the typical answer is, oh, sure, everything's fine. I mean, I have no problems where everything's going grand. So my next um, approach actually is I go along and say to him, okay, I said, what are you looking to stop tolerating that you've tolerated up to now? It is amazing the difference in the reaction that you get from people because I mean, as many people actually on this call will actually uh, hopefully resonate as well as it's that idea of there's one thing that I keep kicking the tin down the road on or putting it on the, on the long finger. I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll get to it next week, whatever. 
And when you go along and actually start having that kind of interaction or conversation with a client, it's amazing how many problems do um, come up as part of that, that, that conversation. So instead of actually only taking one approach to try and find out from a client what are their pain points, it's how do you go along and actually flip it over? How do you go along and actually kind of get them to look at it from a different angle? Put them in the person, like if they're having a problem with a conflict with someone, try putting them into the other person's seat and actually work it backwards from there. Um, if you're looking at, at, at you know something that seems impossible to achieve, that idea of actually saying, okay, I've actually managed to do it. It's it's 12 months down the road, actually, and I've managed to achieve it. And actually start going backwards. So what you're doing is you're taking the obstacles and all the negativity or as much of the negativity out of the way as possible. And then kind of working from there to say, yeah, it is possible. It, it is possible to identify what the first step is. I may not know what the next ones are, but if I take the first one and then I can find the next one and then I can find the next one, the world is your oyster. You know, that 26, that, that marathon actually is still possible once I come along and take the first step and keep going. Great. Well, thanks for that. So this is the secrets of leadership coaching. So one of the requirements of being a distinguished guest is you have to give us one of your secrets. It's probably actually that idea of actually getting into the zone um, of preparing to interact with your next, next client um, if you if you've actually had previous conversations with them, it's actually just even maybe even just remind you where you, where where you left things. What were the especially any actions that the client had committed to, to go along and to make sure you have the accountability partners there. But it, it's coming along actually preparing that you are a hundred percent ready to go along and actually deal with client X. And then likewise, actually once you've got through the session and hopefully had, had the insights that you wanted, it's kind of closing it out where you're capturing those things that are critical to you to remember for the next client engagement. And then coming along and kind of pausing so that you are, again, re-energizing yourself for whatever the next activity or project that you want to go do as part of it. So it's preparation, preparation, preparation. Um, and I think the more that you, the more you do that or turn it into a, a behavior um, that you're comfortable with, it's amazing the difference it makes when you're having that interaction. Great. Thanks for that. Last thing then, as a distinguished guest, one of the things we'd ask of you is, give us a couple of names of other coaches or leaders. Do you think their voices would be of value to our listeners? Yeah. On that one there, I was I was thinking actually of, of, of two extremes. I mean, one person actually comes from as a practitioner on the coaching and, and, and therapy side as it happens. The other person is is someone I had the pleasure of working with for a lot of years. Uh, his name is Kevin Griffin. He is or he was the CIO or uh, he finished up actually being the CIO for GE Capital International in Europe and Asia. A very significant role in a global company where there was a lot of challenges, um, both from a cross-cultural perspective, um, you had, I mean, GE is a global company, but it's US-centric, um, which is a case for, for a lot of, of American companies, American headquartered companies. But I think Kevin actually could bring a lot to, to the table around explaining the challenges and the mindsets that leaders have 
in staying in the role they're in or actually in identifying actually what need what they need to come to the next. So I think that's one one opportunity. And the other person is someone that I I uh, got in, or got connected with actually as part of doing um, influencing coaching um, with with uh, CC the, the group but our name is Sarah D R I J F H O U T. I can never get the pronunciation right, so apologies for that. But Sarah she has a company called Pandora's Pathway, and. When she um, she comes from a, a successful sales background, um, many years actually doing that, but she then came along and she became a, a, a mother and uh, put her career on hold. And when she came along and, and came back into it, she went down the road of coaching first. And one of the challenges that we as coaches actually always have is that that line between coaching and therapy and where the client actually needs it. And as a coach, you're actually always looking forward to get them to go along on a machine and, and, and kind of make that next step to success. Um, but I mean, sometimes the challenges that people are actually facing are more ingrained around what happened in previous um, earlier parts of their life and the baggage that they're bringing is part of it. And I mean, that's where you're kind of going into the form of therapy. So she's been involved in a, with a program called Rapid Transformational Therapy, which is basically uh, hypnotherapy and it's not that you're actually hypnotized where you're going on under, but she actually brings you through a process of being able to try and instead of actually focusing on the effects, it's to find the original cause yeah. and actually help you deal with that so you can then proceed forward. So I think both of those actually will give you a, a both sides of the coin when it comes to what we as professionals or practitioners are, are facing in some of the tools that are available to us, but also some of the challenges that our leaders have to have to deal with. So Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. I hope you're having a good summer over there in the Emerald Isle. And and I have been trying to come and visit you for close to two years now. I'm Eventually. still holding you accountable. You're not getting away with this. <laughs> Hopefully, when the borders open between the US and Europe. I'm sorry. Sorry. I said, well, I was going to say, hopefully when the borders open, it'll be good. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Thank you very much for your time, sir. And best of luck to everyone on the on the call. Take care.